Hello, and welcome to the Digging Deeper podcast, hosted by 4constructionpros.com, covering various aspects of the construction industry, including the equipment, people, companies, and associations making it all happen. My name is Becky Schultz, editor of Equipment Today, and in this episode, I spoke with Mike Bellman, president and CEO of the Associated Builders and Contractors. Mike discusses how the coronavirus pandemic is currently impacting construction operations and the ability to complete projects, as well as what he anticipates for construction in the months ahead. Let's dig in with Mike now. So, starting off, I'd just like to get your impressions, Mike, on how the coronavirus pandemic has impacted the construction and have you seen any impacts as a result of um, restrictions that have been implemented implemented in terms of movement um, around and between different states that have have had an effect on getting work done? Uh, Yes, so Becky, um, well, first of all, let's just back up and just talk about the the virus. Uh, So it's a change of conditions. Um, and, and, And in construction, we deal with changes of conditions all the time. Uh, so with, with this particular change of conditions, uh, the CDC issued some very, very wonderful guidelines on how we should deal with each other to make sure that we don't spread the virus. Right. So the construction industry has taken those guidelines and basically we have rewritten our safety method statements, our project safety plans, our company safety plans, and how we address, uh, you know, specific tasks on construction sites. So construction's used to that. You know, we're, we're used to dealing with uh, um, safety risks. Uh, so basically, we have the systems and protocols. We put them in place. And then depending on the project, uh, you know, that's going to have various effects. So I put projects into three buckets. One project uh, is a project that... Uh, when we take a look at the project, you know, we take a look at social distancing, we take a look at PPE, we take a look at hand washing stations and stuff. We may have all of that in place. It may be natural. Okay, so, you know, while we need to stop, we need to make sure we have the right safety protocols in place. The amount of effort or change to that particular project may be minimal, okay, so that we can carry on. Now, we've got a second project. The second bucket of projects is... We can continue to proceed safely, but we actually need to probably stop work for a period of time. Uh, that could be uh, maybe we maybe we stop for a couple hours, or maybe we stop for the day, uh, or maybe it's uh, you know um, you know because things have been so fluid, right? We sure. we've been learning so much about this. I mean, it's like you know we might learn something one day that's different than what we learned the day before, and so uh, we pause. We we learn those new guidelines. We take a look at our safety method statements. We take a look at our pre-task plans. We take a look at our project safety plan. And if we have to, you know, wait a day to get all those in place before we can start back up to work, uh, then we do it. So, so we got the first bucket with where there's got to be changes, but they're minimal uh, in minimal impact to the project. Then we got the second bucket where, you know, we might need to take a timeout. We might need to take a day off, two days off, or maybe a week, depending on the complexity of the project to put the new safety protocols in place. Right. Then there's a third bucket. And the third bucket is, you know what? We just can't, under the current conditions, deliver the work safely, so we got to shut it down until we can. 
until we get further developments. So those are the three buckets that we're seeing. Now, with regards to moving work or moving materials between states and things like that, um, in states where the governors have shut down business that's affected like manufacturers of uh, construction products, that has had a, that is starting to have an impact uh, to the supply chain uh, in our industry. Uh, we have been, you know, we were kicking along at $110 billion a month, going at $1.3 trillion plus this year in terms of overall construction spend. The supply chain was humming, right? right. Uh, and, you know, and we had a lot of inventory build up, uh, you know, uh, and, and stuff. So we've been working through that inventory. Obviously, we're not at $110 million, billion a clip. I, I can't really tell you where we're at. We're probably down on average. Uh, you know, overall, I, I'm going to guess 20 to 30%. But I really don't know at this point in time, and it's highly variable across markets. We'll come back to that. Okay. So, but with regards to supply chain, we're working through the inventories, and we're starting to see that if we don't get all the supply chain back up and running, we're, we're, we think we're going to start having some impacts. So when we talk about reopening America and really trying to get back in shape with regards to construction and get it back to where the economy will support whatever it will support, a concern that we have is we're going to need to kickstart manufacturing, we think, a little bit earlier uh, that we make construction just so that there's a fluid, continuous flow of work. Light fixtures is an example. Uh, glass uh, is an example. Uh, so, you know, we're starting to see, you know, maybe some little bit of issues. And of course, then with regards to supply chain, personal protective equipment, do we have enough masks? Do we have enough wash stations? Do we have enough hygiene facilities that we've really upped the game on to make sure that people can wash their hands and do all the things that we need to do to meet the CDC guidelines? Sure. And looking at it from the material standpoint, obviously there are some challenges there, but have you seen actual um, problems with getting, say, people or equipment um, moving from job site to job site as well. Is that something that's been affected by any of the restrictions that have been put in place? No, not, not really. It's just, it's really where there is a manufacturer that manufactures a product in the state where the governor has put an executive order in to shut it down. Uh, so that's really where the issue's been. You know, I live in the DC metro area and, uh, you know, there's movement across state lines and metro areas and stuff. And, and that really hasn't been uh, uh, an issue. Many of our uh, members have issued their workforce a letter uh, to them, each of every ind individual employee, that they can have a physical copy or an electronic copy that basically says, uh, you know, John Smith uh, is an employee of this company. This company is... Uh, you know, is deemed essential by uh, the, you know, the executive order and the guidelines. This employee is working on these projects and these addresses. And so, you know, and so if he gets pulled over, they have some sort of a credential, uh, so to speak, that they can show. We haven't had, um, we've had some people stopped uh, in some areas uh, and pulled over, but it hasn't been any material issues. Okay. Um, what about one of the things that I've started to hear a little bit more about is um, issues with 
shortages of, of personnel. Um, have you seen any of that? I know that prior to the pandemic, there was obviously a labor shortage out in the construction industry. There were a lot of concerns there. But are there any new challenges that have emerged as a result of the pandemic? Well, so before the pandemic, uh, we were forecasting about uh, 500 to 550,000 worker shortage. Uh, so now uh, that was based upon volume of construction. Uh, now what we've got is we've got uh, more of a situation uh, around safety. Uh, and uh, we are learning a lot. Uh, and we've been, ABC has been moving more towards, and a lot of our members have been more moving more towards uh, uh, the uh, health and safety and well-being of the total human. So in construction, traditionally, we've been focused mainly on physical safety. Sure. Uh, but when you really think about the human, you've got the body, you got the heart, you got the mind, and you got the soul, right? So there's four dimensions to the human being. And it, what we're really seeing, and we've been doing a lot of work around suicide prevention, uh, which is a completely other conversation. But, you know, Absolutely. stress, yeah, stress uh, and bullying and all these kinds of things are all different dimensions to the human. So we've been working on a total human health initiative. Well, what this has done is this has basically said, confirm that we're on the right track because what we're finding is we're finding a new dimension in terms of people that are at work. You know, they might be concerned about uh, uh, the health of their family. Uh, you know, they might have a, uh, an older, uh, you know, a mom or a father at home that, you know, and we know that those, uh, you know, from CDC, we, uh, we know that uh, older people seem to be more susceptible uh, to, right. to the virus. So there's a little bit more stress and concern, rightfully so, uh, you know, with regards to people maybe getting the virus that they may, they may not affect them. It may, they may be asymptomatic, but they don't want to give it to their parents and stuff. So there's that additional stress. And so basically what we're finding is uh, we're finding some people are just basically saying, you know what, I, I don't feel comfortable working in this environment at this moment because of that. And, and generally speaking, uh, you know, that's something that, you know, companies with cultures that are concerned about their people, people first culture, safety cultures, we're, we're accommodating in that and working through that. So, so that is a little bit of a uh, issue in causing, uh, you know, some people to need to shift around, uh, you know, the workforce and stuff. So that is, a, that is something that's occurring. Absolutely. So looking ahead, um, what do you see coming for the construction industry? Um, there are some states that are starting to talk about opening up the, their economies again and getting businesses moving forward again. Um, obviously, construction has, as an essential um, business, has continued to, to move forward, but there are some projects that have been um, either stalled or outright shut down. How does this all play out for the end of, you know, going through the end of 2020 and into 2021? What do you see coming for the construction industry? Well, the headline is, is uh, we are not going to achieve record spends in 2020. And I don't, think we're going to achieve record spends in 2021 like we were forecasting, uh, you know, six weeks ago. Now, the question is, is uh, how much of an impact is this having uh, on the uh, market? And, uh, you know, when you take a look at the price of oil, significant impact 
uh, you know, right. to anybody that's constructing the oil sector, any refinery shutdowns, retrofits, you know, those are, uh, you know, being highly impacted. Uh, obviously, retail, uh, restaurants and, and that, that kind of work, you know, being being impacted. Uh, but, uh, you know, we, uh, you know, construction, if you're in the markets around healthcare. Uh, in the food industry, pharmaceuticals, any kind of manufacturing, especially around supply chain, uh, especially any kind of national security supply chain. But those types of things are going to, you know, continue. I mean, data centers, anything around the infrastructure, obviously, uh, you know, broadband infrastructure, you know, in rural areas. There's, there's a lot of opportunities. As a matter of fact, I think one of the opportunities that the government has as they talk about infrastructure is when you think about, um, infrastructure now, you know, we traditionally think about, you know, roads and mass transit and stuff, but, uh, you know, I, I think we need to be looking at, we are uh, looking at, uh, uh, you know, an infrastructure plan that would uh, address uh, issues related to this. So rural broadband connectivity, cybersecurity, national security type manufacturing and supply chains. Uh, you know, we've been talking about, you know, uh, fixing our infrastructure around airports. Well, you know, I'm not sure exactly how we're going to handle, uh, you know, this virus going forward in, in, in airports and screening and things, but that consideration, uh, schools uh, and universities, you know, how are we going to handle those types of uh, situations? But pharmaceuticals, manufacturing, research, redundancy around that, uh, and, and being able to produce, you know, PPE, and, and things that we need to be able to be self-dependent upon. So, so I see, uh, you know, from if I'm if I'm, uh, you know, working with and in, in, in offering advice in, on infrastructure packages, I'm kind of focusing on that. Now, with the economy, uh, you know, the economy is going to be the economy. So, how long is it going to take to get the price of oil back above fifty bucks? so that people can start afford to open up their wells and their refining capacity and get back to normal. Right. Eventually that will be coming, but uh, you know, in the short term, that's going to be an issue. The nice thing about low, low oil, that's good feedstock for chemical companies. Well, there's a lot of demand for, you know, chemicals with regards, especially, you know, the, you know, sanitizers and, and sterilizers and things like that. So it's going to be up and down. And then when we take a look at geography, uh, you know, I think, you know, urban areas, highly urban areas like, you know, New York and Boston and Chicago and San Francisco, in those urban central business districts, I think it might take a little bit more time, you know, to get back to normal uh, there, uh, you know, more so than it would be in, in, a, in a suburban area. So it's, I think it's going to be, you know, kind of all over, uh, all over. And, and, and I think the fact that we've been dealing with this on a local state by state, if not, you know, county by county basis, um, I think that that makes sense. Every project is unique. Every construction project is unique. Every construction project has unique risks. And at the end of the day, just when I go back to the three buckets, some projects we can we can move forward, you know, with minimal modifications. Some projects we might have to take a timeout and take into account some more significant modifications. And some just may not be able to go forward until a little right. bit later. Okay. Well, what overall I'm hearing is that 
even though there is, are certainly challenges to um, remaining throughout the, the rest of this year, there are pockets of opportunity there as well. Yes. So I, th- I, I, think, I think that's a very positive thing to focus on um, in this current environment. So, well, Mike, I think you've given me some, some great insights into what's happening in the construction industry and also what are some of the things that we really should be focusing on as um, potential growth areas going forward. So I really appreciate your time this morning. Uh, my pleasure. And I think if I could just leave with one message. Sure. Uh, whatever is deemed essential by any governor, what we need to make sure we do is we deliver the work safely. That is the number one priority. I agree. And I think that's a great place to stop here. So thank you, Mike. Again, I appreciate you taking time out for us. Well, that's it for this edition of Digging Deeper. Thank you to Mike Bellman with Associated Builders and Contractors for taking the time to talk with us today. And tune in every Monday for another episode of the Digging Deeper podcast by 4constructionpros.com. You keep listening, we'll keep digging in. Until next time.